0: The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.T. Haag. This is Take 4 Wrestling, episode 12. I am Brian Kilby, and uh, with me, I am joined by the master and ruler of the world or is that Sid is that Sid uh JT Hogg how's it going
1: pretty good Brian how are you doing today not
0: bad uh not bad um just got done watching the match that you recommended uh that we're going to (laughs) talk about during your gimmick of the week uh and I finished off um (laughs) the wrestling card that we're going to talk about today which was Cyber Slam 96 uh I think this will be a fun, saucy show.
1: Well, I've I've uh, rolled my eyes so much that they're actually permanently in the back of my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's interesting how I, I was so into this stuff in the time and revisiting it now. It's kind of hard. Uh, let's see here. I, so I'll ask the question. Don't let me forget to ask the question comparing this week's show to last week's show. But we'll do that at the end. Uh, first, why don't you tell us about our, our uh, gimmick of the week?
1: Well, the gimmick of the week this week is not really more of a gimmick, but more of a, a uh a match but um of course it's the uh this one involves the dirt bike kid which uh he's actually featured on um the ecw show we're watching but he was uh basically his gimmick was he was a dirt bike rider <laughs> <laughs> he would come to the ring with a dirt bike helmet and like the uh chest guard and wear the whole like fox gear and everything yeah uh he's just a little skinny guy um I don't really know a lot about him. He doesn't look very polished in the ring. Um, So I think he was more of a, uh, might've been more of a backyard wrestler that kind of slipped in there. But um, the match that uh, really brought my attention to him was a match with him and the great Suzuki.
0: Is that right? uh, Great Suzuki, Sazuke just, you know, depends on what you want to stress.
1: I've already said it about sixteen different times.
0: I I, I, normally, say, I, I normally say Great Sazuke or Suzuki. I, I I go back and forth.
1: What was his name on the uh, WCW World Tour game? Remember uh, he was on that.
0: Uh, well, he, as far as I know, he's only ever gone gone by the Great Sazuke. So. Uh, well, it was
1: like the? Remember they brought it over the to America and it was kind of they put all the fake names in there.
0: I, yeah, I don't remember.
1: That was he was a cool character though.
0: Yeah. But anyway,
1: uh, of course everybody knows who he is. He's a legend. Um innovator of uh Japanese style wrestling. Um I mean but he, this he's, match, he's
0: like a member of the Japanese Senate too.
1: Yes, very popular. Very uh he's appeared in uh WWE or WWF at the time, I think. Wasn't he at a WrestleMania with um Michinoku? Yeah. Taka Michinoku.
0: yeah, and wh- when I say he, he's never gone by another name other than the Great Sazuke, I don't know that he's ever gone by another name in, in the U.S. Uh, if, if it has, he was probably wearing a different mask or something, and I wouldn't know. It's kind of like, <laughs> like we were talking a couple weeks ago about the Repo Man, how I you know uh, had no idea that Barry Darso was you know, also uh, Smash and all that. So, <laughs> But as far, as far as I know, in the, in the U.S., he's only been known by the Great Sazuke, but I'm probably wrong.
1: Well, I'm sure we're not. I was just talking more about the licensings on the video games, but, um, but anyway, there there was a tournament. It was um some sort of, it was like a masked tournament for all the uh, masked wrestlers, and uh, so, uh, I think it was for Michinoku Pro, and they brought um, the dirt bike kid in to wrestle in the opening round of the tournament. Well, they of course wanted him to lose uh, pretty quick style to the great Sazuki, Sazuku. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, I think he had other plans. Um, I think, uh, Suzuki was giving him a little bit of a uh, offense at the beginning, which the offense is just absolutely atrocious. Starts off with a drop kick right out oh, of, you, a, you
0: mean the dirt bike kid?
1: That, oh yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. The dirt bike kid. Yeah. <laughs> he did a uh, drop kick.
0: He started off the uh, <laughs> match with a <the> drop. Kick.
1: <laughs> Looks like they're going for a lockup, but he's like, yeah, I'll just do a drop kick. How about that?
0: And, and then um, he was stiff is the thing. He was stiff. He he was connecting with every single shot that he was taking. It, like, and it wasn't, it did not, it was not a work.
1: Yeah. You could tell that he was unhappy about being, uh, losing. And, um, he even took off his mask, which he was supposed to keep it on because it was a mass tournament. And, uh, I, uh, supposedly what the finish was, was he was supposed to get pinned by Sasuke's spin kick. And uh, he hit the spin kick, dirt bike kid didn't go down. He hit another one, dirt kid didn't go down. Well, then uh, I think that's when he just had enough, and he blasted him with a spin kick, uh, then uh, took him down, started kicking him in the head, kicked him in the sides, and these were some stiff kicks. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then – he, uh, picked him up and put him in a front face lock uh-huh. that about broke his neck.
0: Look like, yeah, front face <laughs> lock looked like it was, was going to break his neck. It was
1: ridiculous. <laughs> and then, uh, of course he tapped out and the referee had to pull him off, uh, Suzuki off. I'm trying to avoid saying his name so I don't keep messing it up, but, um, uh, yeah, so that was the match and, uh at the end dirt kid tried to shake his hand and <laughs> he's just like,
0: Nope, I ain't doing it. Nope. <laughs> you piece How, of crap. How'd you learn about this? How'd you learn about this match?
1: Oh, I came across it. uh I think I was watching some, um, uh, it was a wrestling internet TV show or like, uh, it was like one of those things where it's like when wrestling matches turn real and, uh, it showed like shoots and everything. And it came up as one of the shoots. And I was like, I got to watch this whole thing. 'cause uh it was pretty interesting i I can't quite remember it was one of the top ten lists. I think you could probably find about fifty of them on youtube but because um, really uh i've I think I've heard of the derby kid before, but um nothing nothing of any uh mention
0: so I'll be completely honest I mean, I've seen him wrestle before, but it just never registered. It's like he just he he was just sort of a non entity to me so. Yeah, I think
1: mainly his biggest break was in ECW.
0: Yeah, and exactly. I
1: and I don't think he even got the really much of a break there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he even came to the ring with a title belt on.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> we always joke because uh, there will be some uh, wrestling companies you go to and – the wrestler, uh, some of the wrestlers will be walking around with like, it'll be a couple hours before the show and they'll have their title belts on or have it over their shoulder. And they'll be all like walking around all with their chest puff out with their titles. <laughs> it's, uh, something that we, uh, some of us laugh about, but, uh, that's kind of what he reminded me of kind of one of those guys that he didn't want to, didn't want to do the job and, uh, he got made to. Because there's one thing, like, if you don't agree with something that a promoter tells you to do, just don't go out there to begin with. You know, you can refuse to go out there. But if you go out there planning on pulling some pulling some crap on somebody, especially like the great Suzuki, um, you better make sure you uh, brought your A-game to the table. Because especially guys like him, they will rip you apart.
0: Right, let's talk about ECW Cyberslam 96. Which, of course, now if something was called Cyberslam, you would assume that it was streamed over the internet. This wasn't. (laughs)
1: This was before the internet, wasn't it? No,
0: it wasn't before the internet, but uh, it wasn't streamed over the internet. It was sold sold on VHS, uh, but it was like uh, supposedly some sort of internet convention or something where they got uh, smart marks together apparently. Uh, (laughs) Which, I mean, really every ECW show is a collection of smart marks.
1: Yeah, that's just all they are. And
0: that actually becomes a topic of discussion uh, in, in for, for part of the show. But um, – I yeah. don't think
1: there was a, any part of this show that didn't irritate me.
0: Uh, I, I will be <laughs> completely honest. So, yeah, same here. So uh, how do I say this? So I didn't I, – I wrote like in high school I would write like – Nonfiction, some short story, uh, short stories maybe a stretch, but some. Pardon me, I wrote some fiction, maybe like a little bit of poetry. Even though most of my stuff was um, uh, supposed to be funny, so it wasn't like the hokey uh, poetry a lot of people wrote. But a lot of that stuff, uh, it's kind of hard to go back and read because it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, going back and watching this, I'm a little bit embarrassed for myself for how much I loved this stuff back in the day. <laughs> Uh, it just it has not aged well. Uh, I mean, like the first match didn't even register. Like I don't, e- I couldn't even tell what was going on. Yeah,
1: they. Uh, it was a really weird format too. Like it just started.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that was it was like a cold, cold open, and that that happens. Uh, but yeah, it was the bad crew, and I, I don't remember the bad crew. Um, so I I didn't start watching ECW on a regular basis until like ninety seven. Uh so uh actually probably just a, a month or so before heart uh before barely legal their first pay per view. Uh so a lot of the stuff I mean obviously I'm familiar with most of the major players, but like the bad crew, no idea. Uh in Judge and Judge, <laughs> yeah. judge Dread. Okay. Uh went off went off against Dino Sendoff, Donnie Allen, and our buddy the Dirt Bike Kid.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't even the good uh, Sylvester Stallone Judge Jed. It no. was a, <laughs> yeah, I don't know this match Game called a match.
0: I mean, how, how long did it even go? Uh,
1: it was about two minutes and it was just move, 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 move. Uh, the crowd didn't even like it really. They, uh, they gave no, uh, F's about any of these guys in this match.
0: No, no, they didn't. Uh, Next match, I di- I don't even remember seeing. The next thing I remember seeing was the, the Taz match.
1: <laughs> you missed the uh, Spiro Greco.
0: I guess so. Was that was that a five star classic?
1: Um, actually, it wasn't really that bad of a match. Uh, the Spiro uh, Spiro Greco guy was. I mean, he was a good looking, well built guy, but he was actually trying to have a wrestling match. And that was a mistake with those crowds, with that crowd. They wanted no part of it. Like, I think if you would have put that match on a, another show, it probably wouldn't have been too bad. Um, but he wrestled uh, El Puerto Rico, Q. Um, I don't know who that is at all. I have no idea. No
0: idea. Um... I have
1: no idea who either of these guys are. Um, oh, I guess he was in the World Wrestling Federation as uh, Babu.
0: Babu, that's awesome.
1: I who is Babu? I don't know. But <laughs> hey, I, like I don't know name.
0: Even... It's like, hey, Babu. Uh, hey, Babu. Like, wanna I want to pick a nick of mosquito. I want to. I I want to <laughs> analyze this, but it's just bad. Um, next match. I, I know we're running through this really quickly. But... <laughs> we
1: are going pretty good. Might have to slow down a little bit, but
0: there, but there's nothing to say. Uh, next yeah. match. Uh, now I, I'm I'm reading the I'm reading the rundown. It said it went a minute 54 seconds. I this felt like it went a lot longer than that. It was Taz uh, defeating Joel Hartgood. Basically, it was just Taz stretching a guy, and yeah, throwing him around, which was your standard Taz match for the time.
1: Yeah, this uh, this was another match. It was just like. Phew. Like what? I, I first I thought this might have been a pay per view, but apparently this was before pay per view.
0: Before they had pay per view, yeah. This was one of their shows that they would tape and sell.
1: But um, yeah, this uh, I I think it lasted longer because um, like Dino send off and Donnie Allen and the Dirt Bike Kid came back out.
0: So it was After, just it was just a cluster.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean these. I these guys shouldn't have been in the ring. Besides Taz, like they were, ah, a, they were just standing there taking German suplexes from Taz. That's, like just that, watching that,
0: them. that's what happened in ECW. So I, no, I, I loved this. I, I loved this stuff, and I have a soft spot in my heart for Taz. I genuinely do. But for the most part, the match there were no, the, there were no matches. There were there was no psychology. It's people would just do things to get reactions from the crowd. Yeah, that was it. And it's basically Taz throwing somebody around in just so that the crowd would pop.
1: <laughs> yeah, luckily I was never, ever exposed to ECW until, geez, probably after WWE bought them or brought them back um, because we didn't have ECW on any of our television. And, of course, you couldn't just go around back then and without uh was it the old tape trading but
0: i did tape trading um my buddy jason and i would trade tapes but i also had a satellite dish uh one of the gigantic ones so i could get tv from across the u.s so i had access to it uh it's just uh, man i missed that thing because i could get some weird stuff but um <laughs> but yeah it was um it's it's again. It's kind of hard to get back and 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 watch. Uh, but back back in the day on TV when it was just an hour long and they would m- almost basically play clips of stuff. It seemed so cool and innovative.
1: Yeah, I think ECW was definitely meant to watch in clips.
0: Kinda actually, it was it was the pre it was meant for YouTube and just before YouTube happened. Uh but yeah, so Taz basically threw threw this guy around and of course Taz won. Uh there were Taz was a monster and that's how he was booked. Uh next match, Bubbery Dudley. I love the Dudley boys, I still do. Uh defeated Mr. Hughes. And I didn't remember Mr. Hughes being in um ECW. I thought I always thought of Mr. Hughes as more of a WCW guy. Yeah,
1: Mr. Hughes was there in the early days. Uh Mr. Hughes is a a, a man that I have tangled with on more than one occasion. Really? Uh, he's actually really skinny now.
0: Oh, he was not skinny back then.
1: No, he he was huge back then, but now he's he's super skinny. He's probably two hundred and sixty pounds now. Um, but he's still uh he's still an intimidating guy with that big old mug on him, and uh, wrestles with the sunglasses on. Uh, but uh, yeah, he wrestled uh uh Bubba Ray Dudley that I've never seen before. I've never seen the uh. Like more hillbillyish Bubba Ray Dudley or yeah. Dudley Boys.
0: Uh, yes. and I mean, so uh, was did he speak?
1: Uh, no, he just danced. Okay. Was, this was when he stuttered, wasn't it?
0: Uh, I can't remember. I I think this was probably post. No, no Devon wasn't there, was he? Uh, nope. Because Sign Guy was there. But yeah, so he probably still stuttered at this point. Uh Devon showed up and basically uh, kicked the stuttering out. He didn't literally kick the stuttering out, but he, he, ex- he exercised the stuttering from Bubba Ray <laughs> uh, and uh, changed the direction of the, the Dudley Boys. Uh, I mean, Dudley Boys were one of the greatest tag teams of all time, and they had their uh, start in ECW. Really interesting. We
1: had they were all they were faces, and then wasn't it that Devon uh, came in and turned them all uh, pretty much heel?
0: Yeah, pretty much. He, he he basically had a Sam Jackson Pulp Fiction kind of character.
1: Because uh, their gimmick was that their dad was like a what a traveling salesman,
0: something like that. Yeah, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, lot yeah lots and lots of oh well, they don't face.
1: have Chubby Dudley uh, on there either. On the uh, Wikipedia results, it's just Big Dick Dudley, Dances with Dudley, and Sign Guy Dudley. Yeah. But I kind of like Chubby Dudley. Yeah. Uh,
0: anything to say about but, this match?
1: It was a match. It was 36 seconds. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's about all you can say about it. Um, <laughs> Big Dick uh, came in and hit uh, Mr. Hughes with a uh, some crutches. And uh, Bubba splashed him off the top rope.
0: When did uh, so? When did they have the the segment that uh, introduced the, the or reintroduced Brian Pillman? Was it about this time? Uh, yeah,
1: I think it was. I but, think it was after this match.
0: So uh, that was interesting. I I didn't know at this point that Brian Pillman was in ECW by way of WWF. He was drawing a WWF paycheck at this point. Um, so <clears throat> I don't think
1: a lot of the ECW guys knew that WWE was funding ECW. The to...
0: <laughs> I don't think any of them did. I, I don't, I don't know that any of them did, but yeah, Brian Pillman was there, uh, basically to, uh, <clears throat> I guess reacclimate. uh, this, so what, the interesting thing, apparently he had worked this, uh, angle at WCW where it was, uh, I forgot who he wrestled, but it was, it was Sting. Uh, for for his career, and it was like basically a loser-leave-town match. I can't remember. Was it Kevin Sullivan? Was it Kevin Sullivan? Okay. Uh, and he basically worked Eric Bischoff into letting him go just to make it that much more real and legit, which is crazy. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, Brian,
1: uh, Brian Pillman, he, towards the uh, end of his WCW run, he just went insane and um from what i've heard that he worked that gimmick 24/7.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what i've heard.
1: So i i don't know if he was really insane or he was just working the whole time. Oh,
0: he was working. In fact, even before he showed up the uh, the fans i mean knew that he was there. There's actually a sign that said pillman don't work me. Yeah. Um
1: got to love them freaking smart marks. Yeah,
0: and that was basically what his uh promo uh was about it was just all the smart marks in the crowd and that was a way to get i mean that was definitely a way to get heat was to basically call out all the smart marks and uh i mean I mean a mark is what a mark is i mean that's that's why they called it that i mean it's old carney talk for somebody who's a who's a fool um, <laughs> yeah. and uh, i mean smart marks the the difference between a smart mark and a mark is a smart mark knows that it's a work um, so yeah, he was basically just uh Throwing shade on him, and uh, I mean, there was a lot. There was a lot of energy uh, to his, I guess, character for lack of a better word. Um, I mean, it, this it was innovative. I I don't know that innovative means good because I really think <laughs> yeah. I think this kind of thing is what helped accelerate the 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 end of professional wrestling, or at least what I enjoyed as professional wrestling because when, when everybody knows it's work um uh, there's no it when you don't but when you don't believe uh there's a lot that uh, there's a lot that you can't get by with anymore uh um, yeah like there was a finish uh this weekend at uh, the by the time you hear this it'll be a couple weekends ago but at the uh, Smackdown pay-per-view where um Dean Ambrose and John Cena uh had um, uh, AJ Styles, they both had him in submission maneuvers and he tapped out. And they, basically the match continued. So in the context of it being a work, it makes no sense because why would you do that? But if it were real, the ref would have to figure out something and stopping the match temporarily and then restarting the match with AJ Styles still in the match you know, which would make sense in context of... You know, wrestling being an actual sport, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like when everything's working, nothing, nothing works anymore. So uh, I, I really think that ECW helped. Maybe a lot of people, a lot of people say that ECW helped usher in the Attitude Era and bring wrestling forward. I, I disagree. I think ECW helped killed, helped kill wrestling. This is a great example of that.
1: Yeah, uh, Jim Cornette always calls it hot shotting. Yeah, like hot shotting the territory. And if you just keep hot shotting and hot shotting, eventually you're not gonna have anything left to do. And as we could uh see on our last uh, uh couple episodes ago with the attitude era, it was it doesn't hold up. And it was cool at the time, but really did like the attitude era and even uh ECW help wrestling or hurt wrestling in the long run.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: gonna say it hurt.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Me too. And well, I think I think we confuse the quality of the talent with the quality of the actual presentation. I mean, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, those guys are once in a lifetime talents. Uh, yeah. And you know they succeeded despite their product being crap. Well,
1: oh, yeah, they were the. Uh, I mean, when you think about the Attitude Era, The Rock and Austin were the only thing that made the Attitude Era what it was.
0: Yeah. I mean, so what well, so The Rock. Austin and Vince McMahon. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah, had
1: little guy, like guys in there that probably would have been done pretty good in any era. Like, uh, I would, I think the New Age Outlaws would have done good in any era. And um, uh, Mick Foley, you know, given given the right chance, I think those those were good talents. But for the most part, the the booking was just horrid,
0: and during that time, yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, so now that we've ranted about that, uh, <laughs> it, I, I've always heard about this segment with, uh, Pillman. It was interesting seeing it. Uh, so there you go. Uh, it wasn't,
1: impri- I wasn't that impressed with it. Um,
0: I, I was in, I was impressed in the sense that it left an impression on me, not in the the, the sense that I found it enjoyable.
1: Yeah. Uh, They brought, um, like, he just kept threatening to pee right in the ring, and that brought out, like, uh, Todd Gordon and Paul Heyman and even Shane Douglas. Yeah. Um, But I don't think this didn't even lead to a match with uh, anybody. I I think this was Brian Pillman's only appearance in ECW, I think.
0: Was it? I I don't even know. I I know that he wasn't there long.
1: And um, he really didn't have much of a chance uh, to get going at WWF either when he was hot. Because, uh, he had that car accident and, uh, remember, uh, Steve Austin attacked him in that promo. Oh gosh. Yeah. I hated Steve Austin for that back at the time. I,
0: I, I was so mad at him. You didn't like him. <laughs> no. Uh, if you want to know more, uh, the most recent as of this recording, so uh, probably a couple of episodes ago, by the time you hear it, uh, episode of something to wrestle with, with Bruce Pritchard on MLW radio, uh, goes into uh the WWF relationship with ECW and it's really interesting. I, I really love that podcast.
1: Oh yeah, that's great. I've listened to a couple of them so far. E- even
0: uh, even if he's not willing sometimes to, to say things and you kinda have to <laughs> uh take some of the things he says with a grain of salt, it's it's still really interesting.
1: Yeah. It's it's one of the more enjoyable podcasts. I would uh like uh him and uh probably Jim Cornette are probably the best too.
0: Uh, I would agree. I would agree. I really, I, I really would. Uh, let's see here. So rejoining the actual uh, card, uh, the Bruce brothers, which is Don Bruce and Ron Bruce defeated the headhunters. Um, I don't remember much about this.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't either. It didn't leave much of an impression. Um, it, it was originally supposed to be the headhunters against new Jack and Mufasa. Mm-hmm. And um I guess uh, New Jack was in jail. I don't know if that was a shoot or I, legit.
0: I do. I do. Loves me some New Jack. I got go it. <laughs> New Jack's crazy. I, I love the gangsters. I love
1: is crazy too. Oh, yes, absolutely. What was that promo? Was he, uh, he, he had to have been on something the way he was talking, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, but uh, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember the headhunters much. Uh, They had a short stint in WWF, very short mm-hmm. stint. And, um, of course the bruise brothers were, was it, remember when they were Jacob and Eli blue? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Up <laughs> managed by Uncle Zebakaya. Mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, the headhunters beat up Mufasa. I'm saying Mufasa, it's Mustafa, isn't it? I'm thinking of the lion King, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they beat him up, threw Mustafa. him out of the ring. Yeah. Then the bruise brothers came down and, uh, I was surprised to see the bruise brothers. I'd forgotten they were in ECW. But uh, it makes sense. Um, they're two big, uh, two big twins. Can't tell them apart. Um, but yeah, they uh, that match didn't last very long. Um, the Headhunters, man, there are some big dudes.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Look like, uh, like uh, two Abdul of the Butchers. Yeah. They're pretty agile, though.
0: They like actually, you're when I first saw this, I'm like, oh, it's Abdul the Butcher. Wait and wait, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I would not want to take a splash from them off the oh, top rope. Oh, God, no. That would be scary. Because, uh, I mean, you can you can protect yourself, but there's only so much you can do, especially coming from that distance.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Next match, uh, JT Smith versus uh, Axel Rotten.
1: I, I know who Axel Rotten is. Yeah, me too. I, I think uh, I've heard of JT Smith.
0: I, he's not the JT in my life, so.
1: Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was doing some sort of Italian stallion
0: gimmick. Yeah, I, I can't say much about this. And uh, Axel Rotten has been in some really terrible matches over the years, so this is not yeah. not the worst of them.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was all right. It was six minutes. Um, wasn't the worst thing out. the The problem with all the ECW is it just none of it has any structure or makes any sense. Nope. They just hit each other with chairs, they just
0: do moves, oh, and it gets so later on, later on uh it, the chair stuff goes way overboard, and we'll talk about that, okay, but yes, you're right, but um,
1: yeah, I mean j t Smith won that's yeah. uh, I guess they're feuding over something,
0: but I, <laughs> I would say, I would say Axel won in the long run because we know who he is,
1: yes, that's true, that's true. what was it uh I? And, was that the one? Who died? Uh, was it Axel or
0: Ian? Ian, I, I think it was Axel, wasn't it?
1: Let me look in that because it just was pretty recently, wasn't it? Oh, yep. I, uh, yeah. He died on February fourth, two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Uh, so it must be Ian that runs that IWA Mid South. That's yeah. uh, in the uh, in this area. Okay. Cool. So I might want to get books. I'm not going to say anything bad about him.
0: Ian's awesome. Okay. So (laughs) uh, let's see here. Next match. uh, The Pit Bulls with Francine uh, defeated Stevie Richards and the Eliminators. Um, It was not, wasn't, I mean, it was, again, it was one of those, it was, it was an ECW tag team match. I mean, I don't even
1: know why they had the dog collars. They didn't even leave them on did they?
0: No, uh, so <laughs> yeah. it it's it structured like an ECW match, but basically, uh, Francine got um, she was able to get uh, revenge for uh, Stevie uh, doing something to her at some point about the year before. Uh, okay, so she got she speared him. That's no, no. She got speared. No, no, no. She got speared later on.
1: Yeah, she got super kicked, speared and then put in the total elimination.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm guessing at this point the Eliminators were the heels. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah,
1: but it's I, ECW. But, right.
0: <laughs> but like I, I you know, honestly was never, not even really aware that they played heels because they are, uh, in my mind, as far as ECW goes, like the quintessential face tag team.
1: Yeah, they were probably one of the most uh, best known. F- tag teams in ECW. They
0: were way over uh, as far as um, the fans just loving your stuff.
1: I think uh, Jim Cornette was talking about a time he brought him down to uh smoky mountain wrestling to wrestle the rock and roll express. And uh, Ricky Morton was like, okay, we'll start the match with a lockup. And I think it was John Cronus was like, we do oh, we don't lock up. That's not our gimmick. <laughs> Ricky Morton's like, what the, yeah, so, and I, I know guys like that. So, uh, yeah, they these guys were just all over the place. Uh, I like I don't even know why they had uh, dog collars. Uh, maybe it's because the other team was called the Pit Bulls. But um, the only other time I've seen the Pit Bulls was at the uh, the other ECW pay per view where he wrestled Shane Douglas,
0: mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it's worth noting that our very own die cast was actually trained by Stevie Richards. That's right. Yeah. That's right, yeah, what I love about the story is he, when when uh diecast met Stevie, he didn't even know Stevie was a wrestler, so he was just hanging out he, <laughs> was, he he would just hang out with him and found out that he was a wrestler and started h- hanging out at the school he didn't he i don't think he never actually technically paid to learn, but by being stevie's buddy he 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 learned uh basically for free,
1: yeah, Stevie was a, a nice guy the few times I met him um because i was I went down to uh Crash Holly's school when, uh, of course, him and Crash are really good friends. And um, so he was nice to me every single time. He must have had a really big lapse of judgment by being friends with Diecast, But we'll forgive him for it. It
0: sounds like it, yeah.
1: (laughs) But, uh, yes, uh, uh, this match was pretty brutal. Francine, um, she's kind of an interesting uh, female manager. Yeah. She's not somebody that you would expect to see in uh, WWE, of course, or nope. WCW. Mm, she's nope. kind of a little bit on the, uh, what's that, One Country song, I like my women a little on the trashy side.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's kind of but how, I'm sure
1: she's a wonderful woman.
0: I'm sure, yeah. But that's kind of how, like, most women in ECW were presented, honestly. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, the crowd let them know it for the most part, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, the next match was, uh, it was a... It went, it went. It was a Broadway ultimately, um, but it, it was too too cold. Scorpio, who I, I've always been a fan of, uh, went against Sabu with a thirty minute time limit, and uh, went the. It, it, it. I mean, it went to the time limit, and you know, I. It was really, honestly, it was. It was. It was just another Sabu match. Uh, things happened. Just to get a crowd reaction. I mean, he put he puts his body on the line and does stupid stuff for the for the fans. So I'm not discounting all the work that he did, but the matches aren't structured well. It just it's literally just a spot fest. It was a thirty yeah. minute spot fest.
1: Yeah, I don't know how they kept up with that. Um, just physically, um, it was. I thought it was going to start out – it seemed like it started out to be actually a good, solid match uh, at the very uh, first part of the match. Like they were actually wrestling because uh, Two Cold Scorpios, I mean he's a pretty gifted wrestler. And Sabu really is a gifted wrestler too, but he just makes more money off doing all the crazy stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, like
1: uh, he can wrestle when he wants to.
0: Yeah, he can. But he can also do some stupid stuff. And he oh, usually, yeah, just he, insane. usually involves going through a table and jumping really <laughs> far to get to it.
1: I don't know what those tables ever did to him, but he has something against them. I don't know.
0: Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, so, if, again, it's there's almost like a cult-like energy at an ECW show. But at the end, it was over. The fans chanted five more minutes. They wanted five yeah. more
1: minutes. Oh, this crowd, uh, I'm almost, uh, like, I can't stand the crowd either. Like, I don't want to say I dislike a group of people that large, but, oh my gosh, they were, the crowd was just obnoxious.
0: I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of normal. And again, it's Northeast crowd. <laughs> uh, it's an ECW show. It's a bunch of smart marks. Uh, you know, sometimes they're obnoxious, but sometimes they're also very thoughtful and caring, believe it or not. So, um, for the, for the most part, um, <clears throat> I tolerate the ECW crowd. What I don't tolerate are the people who try to emulate the ECW crowd and hijack shows. Those people are just jerks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is – that's probably where this uh, a lot of times started, like the hijacking of shows. Um, But they still at least – I think they still appreciated the stuff the guys were doing Ab- in the ring. It absolutely, was just, absolutely. It was just what they wanted to see. Because uh, I think it was during that uh, Spiro Greco El Puerto Rico Greco match um, where they were uh, they were chanting "Who are you?"
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and the 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 Spiro guy was trying. Yeah, he's he's probably just thinking. Eh. And obviously his career didn't work out because he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. So yeah. But uh, this match, I mean, the crowd just went nuts
0: for it. It did. The crowd was really into it. And I would yeah. like to sit here and talk more about it. Uh, the, the only thing I can, really, I can really specifically comment on was the fact that um, there was that spot where the table was put out in the crowd and Two Cold Scorpio was laying – was put on the table. And he <laughs> yeah. ran and then I think he launched himself off the ropes over the, guard, over the guardrail from the ring into the table.
1: Yeah, I don't uh That's that's crazy.
0: So, uh, yeah, I mean, bless him. I mean, it's amazing. The dude is still alive.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. He uh, he's like I said before, he's he's a cool guy. Kind of quiet, but uh, he is definitely in a lot of pain. Probably at all times. And his body is scarred up like crazy. Oh, yeah. Just he's just insane.
0: Okay, let's see here. Next match. So this one, uh, I got uncomfortable watching part of this. It was uh, Cactus Jack and uh, Shane Douglas. Uh, There's a point when the ref, it was the ref, right, Uh, passed uh, Shane Douglas' uh, set of handcuffs and handcuffed Mick or Cactus Jack. And, I mean, uh, Shane hit him with with a chair. He didn't hit him the normal way. He had the chair turned around. Where those you know have that crossbar that runs between the legs that's the part of the chair that he was hitting him with, so there was like more force with those strikes.
1: It, oh, it was brutal it was
0: brutal, it looked terrible i I felt bad about being I felt bad watching this because <laughs> this is the kind of crap that caused all of these concussions and all of the I mean, stuff like this ends careers these days, and and thankfully, at least in the WWE, this kind of stuff is banned. But back then, Mick was just a magnet for that stuff.
1: Well, that's why Mick Foley can't remember how to get home sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The referee was actually Mark Curtis. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why he handed him the handcuffs. I think, uh, wasn't Cactus Jack doing like an anti ECW gimmick at yeah, the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was. But, but the thing is also in ECW, there are no rules. I mean, yeah. I mean, there are no rules, so it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. I, uh, of course, uh, I'm a, I'm a big Shane Douglas fan. Um, and I, I, have uh got had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with him back in the locker rooms and stuff just cooler and crap um him and Mick Foley, uh they pretty much started out together mm-hmm. and uh they've been up and down the road a lot and uh i think this was just uh pretty shortly after uh Shane Douglas came back from wwf wasn't it because they were uh the the hat guy had that sign where it said uh dean wasn't click material or something
0: yeah something like that
1: and they were chanting uh, during the match. What were they chanting? Uh, they were chanting for Razor Ramon. Um, they were chanting for like WWE guys at the time.
0: So was this after the curtain call? Oh, uh, shoot. I, th- I think I, it, I think it was. Might have been. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was after the curtain call. And for whatever reason, Shane Douglas was buddies with those guys, and but he wasn't up there for the curtain call. So.
1: Oh, he wasn't buddies with the click.
0: Was he not? I thought. Oh,
1: no, no. Shane Douglas. Who am I
0: thinking thinking of? There's somebody that was. Oh,
1: just incredible.
0: Just incredible. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shane Douglas. He uh, he hates Shawn Michaels and uh, all those guys. Uh, He's he's told me some pretty crazy stories, but um, he uh, when I when I started training, um, I think it was around. 2000. It was actually at the Pillman Memorial Show. Um, he was at that show, and there was a guy in our training class that kind of looked like Shawn Michaels. And um, Shane, uh, we saw Shane Douglas walk in and stare at that guy, and just get infuriated, and went out. And um, I think it was like uh, Eddie Guerrero and uh, D. Malenko like came over and was telling him that uh, Shane Douglas like thought that he was sean michaels it just stormed out oh he wow was, he was so mad <laughs> but yeah he uh he doesn't like the click at all so
0: okay. yeah uh but like, he's
1: he's got some good shoot interviews out
0: oh yeah I bet he does yeah just like i felt bad watching this especially towards the end then um let's see here uh mikey whiprat comes out and uh throws a chair at Mick's Head. Oh yeah, that it? was
1: brutal. Oh that hurt me watching
0: it. Yeah. I, I hope it didn't connect. Uh but it probably did. In that Oh way. yeah. It, yeah. He was he had to have
1: been knocked out.
0: Yeah, I mean that, um, that's how they played it off was that he was knocked unconscious.
1: Well they actually uh redid this in uh, WWF if you remember with um The Rock.
0: Oh yeah the Rock uh nailed him like fifteen times. Uh, yeah. That was actually part uh that was actually featured in Beyond the Mat.
1: Yes, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, Mick Foley had that big huge gash in his head. Yeah. Uh Mick Foley didn't. He wasn't bleeding on this one, I don't think. Um actually there was not much blood at all that now that I think about it, which is kind of kind of odd. Yeah. For an ECW show. But um yeah, supposedly I think this was uh Cactus Jack's last match and ECW and uh so so this must have been when he went on to uh, be Mankind yeah so uh then his uh career took off
0: absolutely he became yeah.
1: an, a superstar
0: because uh,
1: he was more of a legend before I think like just like an urban legend
0: yeah uh final match main event uh it seemed like it went short honestly it was raven versus the sandman and i can't help but feel bad watching these shows on um the network that have all the music edited out um it's yeah it's just it's just jarring that the sandman doesn't come out to uh inner sandman uh i mean like they cut everybody else as well but like For me, the the two guys whose music really made them uh, was like um, Taz with War Machine and uh, the Sandman with Inner Sandman. And like everybody else, it doesn't really so much matter. Um,
1: Yeah, because Raven used to come out to uh, that one Nirvana song, didn't he?
0: I don't even remember.
1: I can't think of the song at the moment, but I, I thought I could hear it a little bit in the edit. Uh, like it seemed like I could hear a little bit of
0: it. I yeah, I, so again, uh did, did Sandman ever actually win the ECW title?
1: Uh I think he'd already had it okay. by this point. Um but we got to see Kimono Wanalea. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and Missy was, Hyatt.
1: <laughs> yeah, Missy Hyatt was cool. Um I I met her a while back. She's a pretty cool lady. Still uh very attractive. Even I think she's in her upper fifties now.
0: Uh, I actually googled it because I couldn't remember how old she was. I think I think she's fifty two. Okay,
1: but yeah, so uh, Stevie Richards is a Blue Meanie were out there, and um, the uh, Sandman man, he's a he's he's rough in the ring. Yeah, he's <laughs>
0: he is rough in the ring.
1: <laughs> His leg, like, I, it was one of the worst top rope leg drops I've ever seen in my life. He hit Raven with. And, uh, uh, Raven's actually a pretty polished wrestler. Yeah. He's, he's a good wrestler. Like he was up and down the territories and, um, uh, very smart guy too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He, uh, was he a member of Mensa apparently? And, um, he loves comic books. Uh, he was at a show one time and this, uh, kid came up. He's like, I heard you were really smart. And Raven's like, I have a little card that proves I am. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, y- you're real smart about comic books do you know everything about comic books? He's like, yep. He's like, you don't know everything. He's like, ask me a question. He's like, well, I I don't have anything to ask you. He's like, okay, what you're wasting my time.
0: Nice.
1: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, he's, he, uh, I always enjoyed Raven's work in, uh, WCW. I thought he was, uh, really cool in WCW, but, um, Sandman, not so much.
0: I love the Sandman, even though I realize that he is a terrible, <laughs> terrible wrestler.
1: Yeah, I, uh, he's he's pretty bad. But, you know, he the crowd absolutely loved him. He uh, smoked his cigarettes and drank his beer. Now, it did, uh, did make me chuckle how uh, at the end of the match, the Blue Meanie was uh, dancing over top of him, and he accidentally spilled beer on him, and that yeah. woke him up. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. But the thing is with these matches is, like, how's a DDT a finisher in ECW?
0: I don't know. I mean, it it hadn't been as watered down as it is now because this was still 20 years ago. That's true. Oh, uh, actually, speaking of like some stuff being rough going back to the last match, that pile driver that Mick did just did not look good.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, not a real great showing. Um, I mean, I'm I'm hard pressed to find a match of the night.
0: Oh, uh, there isn't one. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying
1: to think, and like the only thing that I I kind of liked the two cold Scorpio and Sabu match at the beginning. Like I thought it was gonna, then it just uh conversed into a spot fest. So okay. it's just the. Uh, I definitely think that this hurt wrestling in the long run.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You did.
1: Um, I'm sorry for any ECW fans out there, or even anybody that was involved in ECW. If you happen to be listening. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good talent in ECW. Absolutely.
0: I I, I appreciate the energy that I I appreciate their willingness to put their bodies on the line. I appreciate just the passion, but I mean, that's, that's, that's really what, that's that's what ECW really meant was was passion Uh, yeah
1: yeah and I mean uh was it how many years it's been closed down people still chant it you know
0: and they don't know why
1: I think (laughs) that's true (laughs) um because I'm I've I know quite a few ECW guys and I I'm I like them like uh Shane Douglas and Sabu and um Tracy Smothers uh and uh, Stevie Richards was a cool guy. I mean, all these guys are cool guys, but I'm just, I'm not a fan of ECW whatsoever.
0: Um, question. So I I, I said I would ask this: comparing CyberSlam '96, I, I will get hate mail for this to the <laughs> Heroes of Wrestling pay per view. Which which do you think is worse?
1: Uh, this one. Cyber Slam 96 is worse than the heroes of wrestling pay-per-view.
0: I would probably go that far. I probably would say so.
1: I I enjoyed watching the heroes of wrestling pay-per-view because at least it was, it was awful, but I I don't, it was a good awful and I knew who the guys were. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think, um, I mean, I was, I could be emotionally invested. And honestly, the heroes of wrestling pay-per-view those matches would have been fine if they would have been one of them on a on an independent show someplace in front of two three hundred people. Mm-hmm. Uh, those matches would have been perfectly acceptable. Um, this show uh, had uh, it says attendance of uh, one thousand three hundred people. Um, that's a big huge crowd for an independent company today, but like uh, Jim Cornette talked about, that wouldn't have been nothing in the early eighties. Or even late 80s.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like Mid-South Coliseum and um, all in Texas and Memphis and uh, all those places. But, I mean, they were just very passionate fans. And I think that's what – ECW was definitely built by the fans. Absolutely. Even though I don't care for much of them. um, Because it just seems like they are very obnoxious.
0: Joey almost forgot. Uh, we forgot uh, the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. We we are also uh, watching that this week. So I really, really enjoyed that. I, I expected it to just be an ad for DDP Yoga, and it, it wasn't. It was uh, actually really um, – uh, it really touched my heart.
1: Yeah, it was a really heart uh, heartfelt story. Uh, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. I mean I know uh, Jake had – gone through so much problems and he was probably going to work through it pretty well but it really showed the uh, dangers and the just the the demons that drug addiction brings onto you.
0: Yeah, and I I don't really think about it, but it it's um one of those things that I mean you're you're an addict. You're never cured. You're always an addict and you always have to be vigilant about it. And um I mean Jake backslid through this uh, somewhat, but I mean, from what I can tell, I think that he has made as close to a full recovery as anybody can from this life that he lived.
1: Yeah, uh, I think a lot of like if we don't have addictions like this, I think it's hard for us to even kind of fathom what um, what that addiction means, because, I mean, people give up their families, they give up their kids, they lose everything just for that
0: high. And I mean, um, I mean, I literally lost my brother to addiction. Oh, really? Literally killed him. So, I mean, I totally get it. And uh, so, I mean, the fact that Jake made it as far in life as he did with the demons that he had. Yeah. And uh, persevered and was able to overcome them. It was really, I mean, I mean, it was powerful.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear about that. I didn't know about that. So this probably was extra heartfelt for you
0: then. I mean, yeah, in a way, and, and also you know, as a kid, I loved Jake Roberts. I mean, I was I was a big fan, and um, just this was I don't know, just I really w- was really uh, pulling for Jake throughout this, and Scott Hall too. So Scott Hall popped up about halfway through it.
1: And yeah, I didn't expect that at all. I, that was a surprise. I,
0: I had heard it, but I, I didn't. I I didn't know. But, man, he looked just so rough when he started. I mean, he was, he was, hard. he couldn't walk. I mean, he was like in a wheelchair when, when they, uh, met up with him. It, it was, it was crazy.
1: Yeah, that was pretty bad. He, uh, he was in rough, rough shape. Um, I remember, I've, I've seen both of, uh, I guess you'd call Jake and Scott Hall's two major, um, like, uh, where they're in the ring and they're just in no condition to be in the ring. And, um, cause I think Jake, Jake's was in Cleveland and I think Scott Hall's was in Chicago where he had to be helped to the ring and was stuttering and slurring. And, uh, I mean, it's, and the way they look now, I mean, I think Scott Hall's back slid a few times, but, uh, I mean, they still look a hundred times better than what they were.
0: Yeah, so what was your favorite part of of, uh, the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts?
1: Overall, it was just – it was an amazing watch um, because it really made you see how low that Jake Roberts had gotten because, I mean, he's living in this little house. He's got his uh, wrestling magazines up on the wall, and there he is just – he doesn't – he just looks like a shell of himself, and um, like he was like walking through the – airport and is like, he had no boots on and he was just walking through the airport in his socks. And, um, the struggle that, uh, I mean, it was frustrating for DDP too. Um, he, he got frustrated more than once. And, um, cause he was just trying to help Jake and Jake was just lashing out at him. And, uh, I mean, it was just overall, just a great watch for any wrestling fan and anybody that's, wants to understand addiction better and or has been through that even because it's a great inspirational story to see Jake uh, go start from where it was at the beginning of the movie to the end.
0: Yeah, I think for me, when I say when I say favorite part, I guess the part that's the most enlightening to me was the fact that Jake was and I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean he fully owned up to it. He he's really thin-skinned. Like, words that people say get to him. Yeah. And, you know, that – I i am I'd like to think I'm pretty thick-skinned. Uh, it takes a lot for something that somebody says to get to me, but when it gets to me, man, it really gets to me. And, I mean, thankfully I don't have an addiction like this to, to fall back on when it happens. Uh, it's just – I mean, you, it's hard – walking in somebody else's shoes – uh, it, I mean, you 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 can never do that. So you really never know how words or actions uh affect other people. And I it, I don't know. It was just that was that in in and of itself was eye opening to me.
1: Well, yeah, you can. Uh, I mean, you could ruin somebody's life just by one word, you know, like uh, or saying one thing to them. And um, it may not even be that big to you, but it could be like just that little. A uh, straw that pushes the uh, – I was going to say something clever, but I couldn't think of it. <laughs> the, <laughs> but it's, it could be a straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. Um, like uh, I, I saw a Facebook post today, and um, it was a, uh, a homeless guy. Um, he had a – he was like a, – had a sign begging for money sitting in a chair. Then there was a uh, woman behind him with a sign that said, Honk, if you think this guy should get a job. Um, and that's it. Just like struck me as being so, uh, just so insensitive and just so shameful for that person. Because um, a lot of people were saying on there, like, "Well, that guy just needs to get a job." That guy, like, you don't know what that guy's gone through. And even if he is just sitting there because he chooses to, there's still a story behind that. And you don't have. It's not like you have to give him the money. Yeah. You know, he's, he, as long as they're not badgering people, they're, they're not bothering anybody. It never makes me mad to see somebody on the side of the road with a sign that says, we'll work for food or need help. Um, I don't think to myself, oh, well, they're just, they're just too lazy to work, you know, because it it very well could be they're, they don't want to work, you know, but it very well could be that they have no other choice.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And uh I, I try to help out people like that as much as I can. Um, but like uh I think more people um I think a lot of people also see like uh being an alcoholic be like, well just stop. Or being uh being addicted to drugs, just stop stop doing it. And you can't. Yeah. Uh I mean if if you can just stop drinking, then you're not an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> i've never had a problem with uh alcohol ever I've had some people in my family that were alcoholics, but they were from the older generation when like you know like the funny alcoholic you know like I'm... my uh my grandpa he drove drunk all the time, oh yeah, and it was just normal um
0: my dad was an alcoholic my grandfather i'm I I'm told as an alcoholic, my uncle was an alcoholic and drank himself to death. My brother was an alcoholic and drank himself to death. I mean, I, I've seen it firsthand and I mean, it's, it's real.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they, they can't stop, you know, it's just not something you can just, yeah. oh, I'll just quit drinking. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of other people are addicted to other things like, uh, I have trouble, uh, going back and forth on smoking or of course I overeat. um, uh, even collecting uh, figures is an addiction sometimes. Oh, yeah. I'm
0: totally, I, I'm, I, to- <laughs> I totally have an addictive personality and things. Like, yeah. I, I will start collecting things and I don't know when to stop. So I, oh,
1: it's, and it's just like you can't. Yeah. Like, uh, my main thing is like if I buy one thing out of the series, then I got to have it all. Yeah. And it drives me nuts, and I, but it's hard for me to stop. Yeah. So luckily I didn't have the alcoholic gene or during my younger years when I might have partaked in some illegal substances uh, from time to time. Um,
0: and, and I just don't do it. I don't drink at all. Yeah. I, I, I have had a couple of sips of alcohol uh, just to see if I could, and, uh, I, but I just don't for that very reason because I, I'm, I'm pretty darn sure I would be an alcoholic
1: yeah and that's that's really uh strong of you right there, not even to get started,
0: yeah, but I mean like just total props to jake and d d p for for what they did i mean uh what jake did to to not break but to resist that addiction i mean it it's incredibly powerful, and while this is in a way you know there's some plugs for d d p yoga in it it's not the it's i mean I mean, he's DDP is a wrestler. He's in he's in the business, so there's always like a money component to it. So I honestly I, I did fully expect it just to be, you know, like a shameless plug, but it wasn't. It was it was I would say that anybody should definitely, if they have any interest at all, they should watch it. And if you watched uh, the uh, Mickey Work and the Wrestler, I mean, he was basically based on Jake Snake Roberts. So. Yeah. So if you have any if you if you watched that uh, and you have any interest in in that story, uh, I mean yeah, watch the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts on Netflix. It doesn't cost anything, and uh, it's I mean it's it's powerful.
1: Yeah, you don't even have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy this. Definitely,
0: yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh,
1: DDP. Uh, I guess it really did touch me how much DDP cared too. Uh, Cause he could, he genuinely cared about Jake Roberts and Scott Hall. Yeah, and that was really cool of him. Uh, it was, and he didn't have to take them on either. And he they all lived in a house together. Yeah, yeah. You know? that'd be a heck of a house. Yeah, yeah. Because Jake Roberts, uh, he's he was a cool dude when I met him, and he s- still seemed like he was a pretty cool dude there. Like once he was when he was clean and sober. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Let's see here. So uh, next week on uh, Take Four Wrestling, we are going to watch uh, Monday Night Raw uh, from March 31st, 2008, which is uh, Ric Flair saying goodbye. So that's that's on the network now. Uh, Definitely worth watching.
1: And he never wrestled again.
0: (laughs) Oh, wait. never (laughs) Well, well, never for WWF, but if uh, if they wind up with the TNA tape library you will be able to see him wrestle again on the network. That's true, which is very likely
1: from the sounds of the way TNA's going.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, JT, how do people get a hold of you?
1: You can get a hold of me at uh, tfradio.net slash H-O-G-G. Uh, say the second G with a smile. That was is that correct? That was
0: perfect. You nailed it Great. this time. Congratulations, sir.
1: <laughs> and also I'm uh, starting to be more active on Twitter. And you can get a hold of me of at J.T. Hogg on Twitter. Uh,
0: If you listen to the show, if you like it, even if you don't like it, please leave leave us a review on (laughs) iTunes. Uh, It is the number one way to help us out, to help uh, people find us. Uh, It would take two minutes. I mean, or do it while you're listening to the show. If you're listening, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, You can find me personally on Twitter at BKilby. And you can find me uh, with all the other shows we do at uh, tfradio.net. Uh, Radio Free Cybertron is the original Transformers podcast. We just, as of this recording this week, are celebrating our 17th anniversary. Yes, we've been podcasting since 1999 before podcasting was a thing.
1: <laughs> Congratulations.
0: Uh, I don't know that I would congratulate me for that. You might want. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, it's certainly we've certainly been doing this for a while. Um, and of course, uh, all the shows are at tfradio.net. Uh, you can also find us at facebook.com slash tfradio and, uh, on Twitter at tfradio. Well, JT, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And everybody out there who is listening. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. Again, just take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends. I know there's a ton of wrestling podcasts out there, but I think we bring a unique perspective and, um, you know, uh, if, if you take any time at all to listen, we, we appreciate it if nothing else. So
1: how about you hashtag take four for take four? Y-
0: yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: to leave a review on I, I, iTunes. I like that.
0: That make that. Yeah. I like that. That's a good idea. Uh, maybe we, we can put that on a t-shirt. Hey, that would be great. I, I could get that made. Ooh, I love that idea. Okay, well, until next week, uh, we'll catch you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye.